this is the president. Hello, this is the president of the United States. Who is this? Is it you again? Look behind you. This is my private line. How did you get through? They're everywhere. All the time. Receiving every day. But you have to look behind you. There is nothing behind me. How did you get this number? The spaceman told me. What spaceman? It doesn't matter. They're telling you about monsters. Please, you must look behind you. Young lady, there are no monsters in the Oval Office. The loudspeaker spoke up and said, The loudspeaker spoke up and said, Give up! Tonight, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. So glad to be here tonight. Got a great show planned for you. Again, shows based primarily on the stacks of stories that I get. And they and they seem to be coming in patterns again. We're getting the pattern motif happening over and over again now with the show which i find uh, interesting we're in a we're kind of in a role maybe there's something when that happens when we start seeing heads come up on the coin over and over again it means that something about to go down i don't know exactly what it might be oh the super bowl but then again you know who knows what's gonna happen in the super bowl a lot of people think a lot of good things are gonna happen a lot of bad things are gonna happen we'll be there monday after the super bowl uh ryan gable and myself to talk about uh, what we witnessed as far as the esoterics of the Super Bowl and uh, probably uh, talk a little bit about the conspiracy theory of Taylor Swift. Just a lot of things. So coming up this Monday, and you'll probably be able to get a head start on this too because at Aftermath.media, uh, we're going to hold probably what would be known, I don't even know if it's a battle royale, but all the hosts that are on uh, Ground Zero dot radio, uh, me, Ryan, Steve Stockton, JP, all of these guys, even Wes Scottco and Ron Patton, uh, they're going to be on. We're all going to have kind of like this free-for-all talk and maybe take on some topics that you want to talk about. So you can ask us anything and and be on board with us for Aftermath.media. That's for the premium subscribers. Just go to Aftermath.media and subscribe. And this is what technology does. It it, it gets us closer together. And I, I know I, I enjoy these little webinars because we get to see who the listeners are. We get to know them. It's like, it's like a huge family that we all get to know. It's like brothers and sisters. And it's really nice to be able to use that technology. And that's the thing about advanced technology. It's been riding a wave lately. I think so. Um, 
you go back to what was a couple shows ago we were talking about how the senate was grilling mark zuckerberg and all the other silicon valley guys uh they're all talking about harming children on on their platforms uh we heard about the successful chipping of a human being courtesy of elon musk we see these miraculous breakthroughs is amazing and, and we're we also are guarded about it because we wonder and i wonder you know about the morality and ethics of the push for a, a more transhuman world high-tech societies as we have seen in predictive programming in comic books and in science fiction books we, look, we take, take a look at high-tech societies and they're pretty vulnerable uh, they're vulnerable to collapse due to their population being dependent on both the system and others to provide the basic items they need to survive in everyday life. Electricity, food, water, sewer systems, phone, computer connections, transportation, health care, all being taken care of by technology. We do have human intervention, but most of the time it's the human reacting to a machine or trying to get the machine to do the work of the human. So just about everything that we come to expect all the things we experience everything we go through on a day-to-day basis is based on the technology we, we we depend on it to work for us right so i don't know if it's making life more complex i don't know if it's uh, if it's complicating our lives more to have this technology but what we've done literally is we have surrendered or, or transferred the task or the tasks, the errands and things of that nature that we did in the past to machines. And this could come back to haunt us. There's always that, you know, something could go wrong. And and that's that's that cloud that's hovering over us at the moment. I mean, our growing dependence on computers and devices, such as smartphones and computers, it can we could arguably say that this the use of these computers and smartphones, we could argue that it's dumbed down society a great deal. I mean, this is compromise the skills we need to endure and survive i mean we've reached the point where many people cannot do simple math or read a map i can read a map but of course my math weakness can all be attributed to my little friend the calculator courtesy of texas instruments because i remember when the calculator first came out we had a teacher that actually let us use a calculator in class to do our work we just had to show our work so but still i'm horrible at math i'm horrible at remembering numbers numbers scare me so thank God for electronics or I don't have to worry about numbers. I can just, you know, pump it into my phone or pump it into my computer or ask, you know, uh, Alexa or Siri or someone uh, what what I can do to find out an information number or whatever. So everything that is electronic is good for the moment. Uh, it can be detrimental to social cohesion. It can be detrimental to health. I know this. And is also impervious to things like a CME from the sun or even an EMP detonated above a city. The grid can be attacked and hacked. And as many experienced during the deep freeze, power can go out, heat can go out. And uh, you don't have a cell phone. If it's not charged, there's no power. You don't have cell phone. You're basically technological dependent wondering how to function. And that's only part of it. Remember, even local governments urge people to prepare when a storm is forecast in the offing. And of course, this year, I've been talking about preparedness all the time, preparedness more and more, preparewithgroundzero.com, every aspect to be prepared, not just the material, not just the food, not just the water purifiers and the heating and all that. No, 
You need to be prepared mentally and spiritually. Mentally, you need to be prepared to adapt. Spiritually, you need to be aware of what these things, what these events are, and what they mean to you on a spiritual level. But many people don't understand that. Or many people are in denial. They don't understand why they need to prepare. They don't understand why they need to prepare mentally or physically. I'm very seriously thinking about my physical well-being. A lot of things I'm taking into consideration now that I'm about to turn 60, hoping I can live a few years longer. But with my health, it's not bad, but it's not the greatest. So I have to prepare myself both mentally, physically, and, and of course, all the food that I've gotten from Prepare with Ground Zero and my Patriot Supply and all this. So it takes a great deal of discipline right now. And I know being prepared for an event that may never happen is a pain in the ass and it can be expensive. But when it's all said and done, preparing may be the most important thing you will ever do, especially in the year 2024. 503 0860. That's 503-225-0860. Back with more Ground Zero. Don't go away. Listening to Ground Zero. I'm Clyde Lewis. The numbers to call tonight 503 225 0860. That's 503-225-0860. I think one of the things about technology that is uh that is interesting is that when you don't have it, you feel a pinch. You feel an inconvenience. Uh it's just so easy to use the computer, it's just so easy to use the cell phone. Even doctors, I don't know if you've been to a doctor where, you know, the doctors actually get to a medical uh, website uh, to look up something about a diagnosis or whatever. I had that done before when I've gone to the doctor where they've gone to WebMD. You talk to them about something, then type it in WebMD, and then they're saying, okay, this is what WebMD says. And you're thinking, huh, okay, doctor uses the internet. Everybody uses the internet, uses technology. It's, it's, uh, but here's something about technology that I, I think we need to learn, and that is technology can leave us helpless. That is, if you don't know how to use it or if it's taken away, okay, it leaves you helpless. Here's an example, personal story. Uh, last weekend, you know, Liam is a teenager and he wants to eat. So he comes downstairs and he says, hey, could you run up to Dairy Queen up the road from our house, pick me up some chicken tenders and he likes them with barbecue sauce. And so I said, sure, I'll do that. Nothing better to do. So I hopped in the car to get them for him. And I, I pulled up to the drive-through. I actually, I pulled up to the place where you make the order and I gave the order. But when I got to the window, um, and this is what they do now. And it just, it angers me. They, you open up the window, they open up the window of the, of the Dairy Queen and they shove this thing in your face. It's like this handheld, uh, card reader 
and uh, they've been around since COVID because you know they can hold them and and they can keep their distance from you when they're you know you're sticking your card in them. So anyway, I get to the window. I pulled out my debit card to pay for the meal. The cashier put a handheld card reader in my face, told me to tap my card on my on, on the screen of the thing. So I tapped it. She pulled it back and said, I'm sorry, sir, your card is invalid. I said, no, nah, it can't be. I just checked my account. There's enough money to cover it. She then said, well, let me slide the card. So she grabbed the card. She slide slides the card on the machine. And the card said invalid. Okay. Again, card's invalid. I was wondering, what the hell's going on here? Something was wrong with my card. And I said, well, could you could you please type in the card number manually? And she said, I can't do that. Of course she could. I mean, all you got to do is, you know, you can use the keypad to type in the card number manually if you're having a problem getting the card to work. So I said, all right, forget it. Do the order. Keep the order coming. I'm going to head out to an ATM that's just across the street. And use my card there. So, yeah, I put the card in the ATM and got out 20 bucks. The card worked in the ATM, but for some reason, it wasn't working the handheld card reader. So, for the moment before I went to the ATM, I felt helpless. I mean, here I was in a drive through with other cars behind me arguing over whether my card was invalid, malfunctioning, or I didn't have money on my card. So, it would have been a lot less embarrassing if I had a few dollars in my wallet. You know, if I had enough money to pay for it, I'd have to go to an ATM to get the money. So... Turned out, come to find out, I, I went to the bank and my chip, the chip on my card was faulty. It needed to be replaced. I guess it had, I, I had the card for a long time. It just, you know, the chips wear down. I don't know if it's happened to you, but yeah, the chips wear down on the card. So when this happened, I thought, you know, what this, what, what is this going to mean if I, if I lived in a cashless society? I wouldn't be able to pay for it. Okay. It would mean that I'd not be able to access my account unless I had a fail safe. Or I had a, another plan. You don't have cash, and all you have is the card. Or they expect you to use a credit card. They expect you. No, no, I was using a debit card. So all I could think about afterwards, I was thinking, you know what? I guess the only way to solve this problem would be with the inevitable biometric, doing biometrics or biometric route that the World Economic Forum is proposing in order to remove the legacy system of regular banking. I felt bad. I thought, yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, they got the rollout going on with digital currency, and, and but it's been delayed, of course, because Congress is debating on whether or not the United States infra- infrastructure is ready for a total cashless exchange, or in these meaningless numbers, they give you power and buy goods and services, whatever you want to call it, the, the digits, the, the dots, the jots and tittles, or whatever you want to call them. The rest of the world is not going to wait, and they're not waiting right now. In fact, we know... We know that many other countries now, uh, many countries are now already in the, uh, they're, they're beginning the process here, and, and many businesses are no longer taking cash. So I was reading yesterday that Australia has become the latest country to dive headfirst into the first goal of the Great Reset, which is to digitize its citizenry. The Australian government announced that it has set July 1st as the tentative rollout date for its nationwide digital ID. So, I mean, again, July 1st is their is the date they're setting, but the exact date will depend on the timing of its legislation, which is due to be adopted by the federal parliament 
in that time. So Australia makes their plans to digitize their people for a cashless society. And so then the UK, United Kingdom, they've made similar plans, which were made public last year in a document titled Enabling the Use of Digital Identities in the UK. So the biometric move is going to include the use of either chips or face recognition. And this is all going for banking and shopping and identification and, you know, uh, just health. And, and there are other countries, too. Ethiopia, Nigeria, China, Ukraine, the EU. They're all in the process of digitizing their citizenry and creating digital banking systems. Senators Kristen Cinema and Arizona uh, Arizona uh, Senator Kristen Cinema and Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming, they just introduced Senate Bill 884, which would offer digital identities for all Americans. But thus far, the bill has not been advanced through Congress, and they are likely waiting for that opportune time, probably after some major cyber disruptive event like. That which has been predicted by the World Economic Forum called the Cyber Polygon. Remember those drills they did? And of course, there's always the idea that Russian hackers or Korean, North Korean hackers or whoever could attack the system like what we saw in the Obama-produced film Leave the World Behind on Netflix. If you haven't seen it yet, you should because that seems to be uh, a film that you can always reference as predictive programming. And how something that happened, like what happened in that film, would push us more towards the biometric ID, the biometric way of banking and shopping. According to a report by Biometric Update, Australia's stakeholder comment period for a sweeping digital ID, ID bill became, or actually came to close late in January after receiving submissions from businesses and financial groups, as well as civil rights organizations. The government is now consulting with the states in Australia. Private organizations could apply to be accredited as digital ID services from the government's so-called trusted digital identity framework. Among companies that have already received accreditation are are, uh, the Australia Post, MasterCard, and OCR Labs. Banks, retailers, and other institutions will eventually all be co-opted into the digital ID system. MyGovID, National ID uh, System. Uh, it's an expanded version of MyGovID, which they have in Australia. MyGovID. And then, of course, they have other different companies attached, like the Australian Taxation Office, CenturyLink, which, of course, delivers Social Security payments to Australians and Medicare. So whether you need to pay the government or receive payments from the government, you will at some point be locked out of the system if you don't have a digital ID. Happening in Australia and the UK and several other countries is the United States next, and is it going to happen this year? They said last year they were ready to roll it all out, but they seem to be in a big hurry this year. The World Health Organization wants the digital ID as well. That's another story. 503-225-0860. We'll be back with more Ground Zero. Don't go away. Is the Fed 
working on a digital dollar? We are actually evaluating that. Most um, major countries uh, are now looking at, at the possibility of having a digital currency. Stand by for retinol and biometric scan. Stand by for retinol and biometric scan. They require that, that, that you think, think, think in different ways. Stand by for retinol and biometric scan. Online banking is omnipresent and many customers can now use their voice, face or even fingerprints to log into their bank account and move money around on their mobile phones. Biometric identification can make life easier and you might assume it's much more secure than the PIN numbers and passwords used in traditional online banking. But is it really? I'm Clyde Lewis. You are listening to Ground Zero. The numbers to call tonight, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. I'll make no bones about it. Uh, the fact that I can see a mountain of policies emerging from international financial institutions seeking to diminish the use of cash. I believe that there's a concerted effort to do this. And we know that this leads to a certain end or end game for that matter. That being, of course, control of more things in your life. And we can and will continue to make arguments for cash. But the general narrative is, is that cash is bad and digital money is good. And what that does is it serves primarily the economic powers that already exist. The biometric systems that are being proposed in the UK and Australia, these digital systems of currency, they are easy to surveil. It's much easier for a central authority to control this type of banking, this type of uh, monitoring of increase, because as currency, currency is one of the main cogs that allows the functioning of the modern industrial economy. It makes sense for Big Brother to target it, to target it for institutional regulation. When an institution seeks to control something, it's out of their self-interest to do so. So when they tell you this is all for the greater good, that it's some humanitarian effort, it's not going to fly, okay? They can do that with chips in the brain. They can do that, you know, say, oh, it's for the health. Okay, but, you know, this is self-interest here. This is, this is what they want. They want financial control 
of slaves and victims. They want to be able to track those sorry recipients of AIDS and assistance. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation I was reading today is actually proposing chipped banknotes. Now, the technology exists. I think you see the little wire that's in your $20 bill, your $100 bill. But uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has said that they want to promote the concept of smart banknotes. So it doesn't eliminate cash completely, but it does track cash. In the sa- I mean, either way, it's a system of controlling your increase. Fiat currency is vulnerable to the whims of central bank policies. However, day-to-day cash suffices as a good means of exchange outside institutional control. That's the point of keeping cash. But keep in mind, there's this rollout is taking its time for the cashless society, for the CBDC or whatever you want to call it. A cashless society is inevitable because the nation state seeks to control the population. Time and time again, we hear from the folks of the WEF. We hear from some politicians. We hear from uh, people like Bill Gates and others that say, yes, there needs to be more control of the population. You need to not worry because everything you want from convenience to safety will be mandatory. You will own nothing and you'll be happy. And there will be groups, not just government groups, but other groups that may seek to exert control for other reasons. One trend for banks right now is to limit and control their account holders funds for various reasons. Canadian banks, for example, we remember back when uh, the Canadian banks froze the assets of hundreds of accounts who were associated with this so-called anti-government Canadian truckers protest that were happening in 2020, uh, 2021. Well, aside from using the Congress of payment gateways to enforcing a political agenda, another emergent trend is for banks to lead the charge on environmentalism because they are joining, if not being a part of or championing the Environmental Social Governance Program, which is a a framework of pro-business, anti-carbon policies. These are in the ready as well. It's all for the climate change cult. So we look forward to a point in the not-too-distant future where banks will be policing the carbon cost of a customer's purchases and potentially limiting or blocking transactions if the user is too carbon-intensive. Now, this, again is part of the scheme of tighter control and regulation. Cash is a pressure valve to carry out the activities which may be suddenly deemed illegal or unpalatable, yet are necessary for society to continue. So cash could still exist, but it could be illegal to pass it. And it can still be recognized as having value, but it would be illegal to have it. You understand? It's like uh, maybe there would be a black market on cash. Maybe the exchange would happen, and if you got caught exchanging money, then you'd you'd probably end up going to jail or, you know. Because that's the only form of capital that is available to everybody. And that ensures your autonomy. Uh, It it ensures your privacy. It keeps you from uh, from having anyone intrude. And so a strategic response by governments would say, hey, no, we don't want you to have control of your cash. We will say how you spend it. We will give you what we think you need. So they have a strategy. And it's not the type of strategy that we want to hear about. 
Because what it'll do is it'll make cash illegal. Most of your transactions are done by card or by exchanging and transferring on a computer. But the whole thing is that there will be either upper limits explored with cash payments or they will say that cash is one of the elements that create terrorism. So that would limit cash transactions. I mean, there's so, way, there's so many ways they could demonstrate how cash could be a utility for terrorism. They're already doing it for Bitcoin. Only terrorists use Bitcoin. Only uh, people who are you know, dishonest use Bitcoin. As long as the central banks don't have control, they will vilify whatever they don't have control over. And they'll take all of the bad parts, they'll exploit them so they can have a controlled system. Bad actors having too much power, central policy being dictated by the few vested interests of pursuit of power, blah, 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 power for power's sake. All this will be used to convince you to go cashless. I'll bet you. I'll bet you that's what they'll do. All these things I'm telling you right now. 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. something called the Better Cash Alliance. It's a UN program. Um, it's, uh, I guess, I've never heard of it, so I guess it's just a small, it's small potatoes, not much political influence. But if you research a topic like what we're talking about tonight, you find that all of these groups, Better Than Cash and others, they have people behind them like Visa and MasterCard and others. It's a flashy project that looks good on a website. There's a lot of international institutions that are funding it, but it covers the real agendas here. I mean, what one of the uh, CEO of Visa, who is a uh, foundational partner of the Better Than Cash initiative, said this, we're focused on putting cash out of business. Okay. They simply want to have RFID cards, QR codes, biometrics, uh, Biometric IDs, which include fingerprints, hand geometry, earlobe geometry, retina, iris patterns, voice waves, DNA. Nothing creepy about that, right? It, it just gets... It, it, <laughs> forgive me. I'm going to say it again. It sounds like the beast system. Take a drink. Let's go to Chris in Washington. Hey, Chris, you're on Ground Zero. Hey, I was actually going to say, I think it might be the beginning of the beast system. I was at a uh, Christian leadership conference back in September, and one of the people there was theorizing that potentially... Um, part of the globalist movement could be the inevitable worship of like AI if they think that robots are going to take over right. um, and have this digitization all over the world would just connect everyone in a way that we can't escape it. That if they don't agree with the values, if the Christians don't bow, then we'll just take away your ability to do anything economical. And I think that might be the way it goes for 
you know, not only just the Christians, but people in very poor rural areas right. who don't have access to that. And mm-hmm. I, I really think it's just a way of the globalists to kill off as many people as possible. Well, here's something That's to think about, idea. right? You still have a choice whether to take it or not take it. Yes. But here's the yes. thing. It, I always say this. The devil and, and uh, evil, true evil, is when they tell you you have a choice and it really isn't a choice. So your yes. choice is take the mark or not take the mark and not eat, drink, or do any business with anybody. You are a pariah and you have to go back to churning your own butter, milking your own cows, and even then, they're going to outlaw gardening. We were just talking about this the other night. So, what are you going to do? They're going to make it. They're going to make it completely impossible for you to participate in the world without this beast system. And that's why I'm saying that if I don't think if dollars disappear completely, I'd be very surprised. I'm, I'm sure that they, the dollars will be the money of the cartels. Dollars will be the money of the illegals. Because when I went to uh, I, when I was uh, heading to Argentina, we landed in Lima, Peru. And they thought terrorists were on the plane. So we had a number of consulates jump on the plane, give us yellow papers and say, okay, get off the plane. You're American citizens. Show this to the guards that are holding these huge guns. That way you don't get shot. And by all means, do not spend American dollars uh, at the uh, marketplace, at the airport. And so we go, okay, we were scared to death. We had never been to Lima, Peru. and We didn't know what was going on. Got off the plane. And the first thing these vendors asked us for were American dollars, and we wow. didn't we didn't we didn't go through the exchange at all. So we did pay. We broke the rule and paid with American dollars. Mm-hmm. What we did is we broke the law because those that, that would be that would be a black market situation where they're they're gathering mm-hmm. dollars when they should be you know I don't know what uh, Peruvians used for money back then, but uh, just the just the idea that we did that because we had no other money to spend and we wanted to get souvenirs from Lima and I got a nice silver ring and a llama tie and a few other things but otherwise no you weren't supposed to use cash Hmm. so it'd be illegal to use cash in the future cash will be there but it'd be illegal if you're passing cash then you're committing fraud well thanks for the topic tonight this is really interesting thank you my call oh thank you for calling i appreciate that let's go to alan in california hey alan you're on ground zero you know one of the reasons for going cashless was to decry all the you know the clandestine activities such mm-hmm. as the cartels mm-hmm. uh you know the the syndicate and uh you know the average dope seller on the street but all that's going to do is increase the crime mm-hmm. if they don't have cash what are they going to use they're not going to have biometric devices and uh you know a seven-time loser that's out in the street in the dope addict well, see, that's the yeah. thing. Cash will still be anonymous. Cash will still not be monitored. But if you're caught with it, there could be repercussions from having it. Mm. So yeah, that's what I'm seeing. Because I don't think, I mean, just because you say we're going to a cashless society does not mean that cash doesn't exist. I do more transactions without using paper money than most of my transactions. It's just convenient. But like I said, when I went to the Dairy Queen the other night, I wish I had cash in my wallet because it was embarrassing to sit there and toy with my card, finding out my chip on my card was damaged, and they wouldn't they wouldn't take a payment. So I don't know why it worked in the ATM at my bank just up the street. Just went to the bank, took out twenty bucks, came back and paid for the chicken tenders, and went back home. But that that should have happened. That should have happened. And and so that's what bothers me about a cashless society. That if I didn't have cash, 
you know, they, they probably will. We're not going to accept that cash because it's illegal. It's it's dirty money. Money will really be dirty in the future. It, it'll be dirty. It'll be criminal. And I think that's how it will be. That's how it will still exist, but it'll be criminal to use it. They're going to turn you off if you yeah. don't, you know, if you're not going to conform. Right. You're going to be wiped out of existence. And that's why, and that's why, here's the thing too, in the future, it would be kind of like, if, you, if you're not part of the beast system, if you're not part of the chipped or the biometric system, it would be like living in a, uh, uh, I guess, a walking dead situation where there are people who value other things than money. Like, they, they, like for example, they say to you, okay, well, I've got this many coins of silver. Would you take that as, as, as a way to pay? Yes, I will. I have uh, several pieces of gold. Would you take that as payment? Yes, I will. I have 120 oxycodone in my house. Would you take that as a payment for services? Yes, I would. Because, you know, let's face it. There are times and there have been times in my career where I have done work and somebody came up to me and they said, hey, and you're not supposed to do this. It's illegal. And I never did it. Would you do some work for me? And I would give you two joints. Seriously. That and they'd say, you know, I, I, I'll give you two joints. You can take home and smoke if you want. Just do the job for me, because that could be used as a point of exchange. You know, a couple buds of marijuana, you know, little bit of you know ecstasy or something. That could also be an exchange. So this is what we're doing. We're opening ourselves up to more crime by having the dollar uh, basically taken away. Scary times. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people think of it that way, but they should. Okay. Thank you, Clyde. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero. And we'll be back. Okay, we're having a technical problem, and we'll just come back, and then when that technical problem gets fixed, we'll be fine. So let's go back to this uh, Better Than Cash website. Okay, there we go. It's good working now. Yeah, we were having a little technical difficulty here, but we'll be okay. So we're going to go back to talking about the Better Than Cash Alliance. We're going to go back to talking about the debate, fundamental case for and against cash. But, of course, the international narratives and the trends we're seeing, we can't ignore them because we're getting closer. We're getting closer. 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. We'll be back with more Ground Zero. Don't go away.
Let's face it, guys. We're living in times where the truth is becoming more suppressed and censorship is increasing at an alarming rate, especially on social media platforms. It's Clyde, and I want to tell you about a safe and secure digital playground we put together just for you. It's Aftermath.media. You get access to thousands of Ground Zero archives and podcasts, along with our private social media groups with your basic membership starting at only $7 a month. Each subscription includes tech support, access to the RSS feeds, along with our own chat room and Telegram channel. In addition, the premium membership includes research study groups, webinars, a document and movie library, a live video stream of Ground Zero, a monthly Zoom chat with me, and other bonus content. Be sure to check out our yearly specials as well. Sign up today while you're thinking about it. Sign up at Aftermath.media. Again, that's Aftermath.media. Spinning complacently in the darkness, covered and blinded by a blanket of little lives, false security has lulled the madness of this world into a slumber. Wake up. An eye is upon you, staring straight down and keenly through, seeing all that you are and everything that you can never be. Yes, an eye is upon you, an eye ready to blink. So face forward, with arms wide open and mind reeling, your future has arrived. Are you ready to go? The loudspeaker spoke up and said, The loudspeaker spoke up and said, The loudspeaker spoke up and said, Give up! Clyde Lewis, and this is Ground Zero. The number is to call tonight, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. So as we reported in the last hour, the Australian government has announced that it's going to roll out its nationwide digital ID on July 1st. Now, of course, give or take the timing of its legislation, which they're passing right now in order to do this, UK said they're going to do it. They made these, uh, they, they made their announcement last year. It was in a document that was titled Enabling the Use of Digital Identities in the UK. The biometric move will include the use of either chips or face recognition for banking and shopping. Ethiopia, Nigeria, China, Ukraine, and the EU, host of other countries, are in the process of digitizing their citizenry. For many reasons, they're digitizing the citizenry, mostly because of banking and exchange. U.S. Senators Christian Sinema of Arizona and Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming have introduced Senate Bill 884, which would offer digital identities for all Americans, but thus far the bill has not been advanced through Congress. Someone had mentioned in the Aftermath chat tonight that Christian Sinema was seen at the World Economic Forum meeting. So, obviously, 
she's getting her marching orders from another power. So what they're doing is they're waiting for the opportune time probably to maybe wait for some cyber disruption. Uh, the World Economic Forum called it the cyber polygon measure, whatever. Uh, there was also the same scenario that was in Leave the World Behind, which was that movie by the Obamas. Um, so there was a report that was uh, written about biometric update, Australia's stakeholder comment period, sweeping digital ID bill. Actually, January, they, they received submissions for business and financial groups and civil rights organizations for digital ID. I know that the World Health Organization uh, talked about disease X and they actually included as a a way to uh, track people, contact tracing, the idea of a digital ID. So private organizations also, I mean, it's not just governments. You can have private organizations who want the biometric accredited digital ID services through trusted digital identity frameworks. There are companies that have done it already. There's Australia Post, MasterCard, OCR Labs, banks, retailers, and institutions. They're going to be co-opted by the digital currency system. So what's going on? Well, a lot of countries are, are jumping on board with the digital ID. A lot of companies are jumping on board with the CBDCs. Whether you need to pay the government, receive payments from the government, you will at some point be locked out of the system if you don't have a digital ID. All accredited digital ID systems will be expected to observe the same three levels of security standards with the highest one, including registering user biometrics such as face, palm, or eye scan. Let me say that again. There's the highest security level with an accredited digital ID system. And the way to do it is that you have to register your biometrics, your face recognition, so your face will have to be seen, a palm, your palm or your hand, or an eye scan. Now, sounds very biblical to me. And that is if you believe the old story about the B666 and the number in the hand and the forehead. You have to have the number or whatever, the token, the the... The identification in your hand and in your forehead. So face recognition, eye scan, that's your forehead. And the palm, of course, is your palm, your hand. It's a spooky adaptation when you look at the big picture. So during the first phase, the government will work on setting up a regulator and expanding its use. In phase two, local, state, and territory digital IDs will be used to access services, while phase three will see a government ID used in the private sector. So in the final phase... And this is Australia here. Australia is going to be able to use privately created digital IDs that have received accreditation for accessing banking and government services. And this is part of the global digital reset that all nations are going to have to participate in. And they will sell it by saying it's for your safety and security. Part A of the globalist plan is for people to accept a biometric digital ID. Part B will be to get them to accept a central bank digital currency linked to your digital ID. And at this point, Cash will be eliminated along with all privacy. And the full infrastructure for a one-world B system will be in place. In other words, there'll be no turning back at this point, meaning it's time to exit the system completely or become its slave. You have a choice. It's a very hard choice, not really a choice. I mean, if you choose to have your God-given identity as a human being digitized by the corrupt world system, 
there would be no reason why you would not accept the mark of the beast. In fact, even if it isn't the mark of the beast or is, you, you need to make that decision. It's going to be your number exclusively for buying, selling, and doing all business under the watchful eye of Big Brother. So you can deny it, say it's not the mark of the beast, but we've come close so many times this idea of coercion where you take this or else. You get the jab, you get the shot or else. You get the digital ID or else. You do not use cash or else. You have a number. It's in your hand and in your forehead. This number is registered to your biometrics. You either use this or else. Digitize your identity. Use your digitized form of fake money in order to buy or sell. Then your God-given free will has at this point been hijacked and taken from you. It no longer exists under your control. You forfeited your own free will to a demonic tower of Babel system. Everything that's digital is virtual, not something tangible you hold in your hand, like gold or silver or coins, a card, or even paper money. It can be programmed, meaning it can be turned on and off at a whim. It can be part of an AI-driven social credit system built upon demonic algorithms out of your control. You step out of line. Let's say, for example, you uh, refuse to stay up to date on your shots. Your money gets turned off, just like that. You criticize the government. You go after the corporate narrative online, your money gets turned off. You buy more meat than you're supposed to get or more gasoline than you have been allotted by the system, your money gets turned off. No more buying and selling for you. No, it's, it's, uh, if that's not a beast system, then tell me, what is a beast system in your opinion? You know, everybody talks about a beast system, but, and they, and have a vague idea of what it is because of scripture reading and everything. But doesn't that sound like a beast system to you? Dust me. Uh, maybe it's cognitive bias on my part, but I certainly would like to know if you hear beast system when I talk about the digital ID, the biometric hand and uh, the palm and the face, forehead, eyes. It's, it's amazing how to the T this is. What do you think? 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Got a lot of phones to get to. Let's go to Jared in Arizona. You're on Ground Zero. Hey, Clyde. I hope you and the family are doing great. Yeah, we are. Hey, I just wanted to make a comment here on uh, the transactional data. I mean, you're right on track. The blockchain blockchain technology is upon us. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if a lot of people are aware of that, but the BIS, which is the Bank of International Settlements for Payments, cross-border payments, uh, which I believe was look, look at it. Germany's relocating to Europe. But anyway, so they currently use SWIFT for settlement payments. And mm-hmm. I know Ripple, who owns XRP, 
uh, is working in conjunction with SWIFT. I, don't, I doubt that XRP is going to replace SWIFT for the payments, but they have a faster transaction rate. Right. But you know, blockchain blockchain technology is still a ledger to where they can still track your data and information. Right. But the CBDCs are in the works, and they are currently testing this. Well, I've always I've always said that the blockchain is the closest that we have to the singularity because it actually is a thinking machine now that knows exactly how to get it to go bigger. It grows and grows and grows because of the fact that it has value and it knows its value, and that's why it grows the way it does. Exactly, and you're you got, you're right on track with all the information you're providing, and it's just it's it's scary to tell you the truth, right. but it is happening. Yeah. Well, and, the thing we need to know, think so about. The thing we need to think about is that uh, it says here that you're a crypto guy. Uh, Yeah, I have a little crypto out there, too. I don't have as much as I used to because I just can't afford to buy it. I just have like a little bit in there. You know, my my little digital wallet, wallet, there's a little bit in there at all. But I'm just saying that, you know, we're going to have the coexistence here and there's going to be a war. I'm certain that there's going to be a war. You know, the central bank is going to be bitching and moaning about how, you know, crypto is cutting into their business. And like I say, dollars may not disappear, but they're going to be used as currency, and the people using it as currency will be criminals. Same with, uh, I think, oh, cryptocurrency. Exactly. So. Yeah, and you know, Bitcoin gets a bad name or had a bad reputation upon it. But you know what? Jamie Dimon with the biggest banks in the biggest bank in the world, they're they got the ETF approved, right? So mm-hmm. the approvals are in place for the general population, and the government owns Bitcoin from all the. Um, fraud alerts and stuff, they confiscated a lot of Bitcoin. So they own Bitcoin. You know, they don't really make that public. But it's just funny that it's just a double-edged sword for them, you know. So, yeah, it just seems to be that way. With such the diversification we have, it's best to have things that are counted upon. That may even be cash. I don't know if cash is even going to have wealth. I know that uh, when you live in South America, it doesn't. You wake up one day and your, your two mil peso turns out to be worthless. So... Because they just overturn economies. Exactly. Like no, they just overturn economies. One day you pay fifty cents for a loaf of bread. Next morning you're paying five dollars for it. It just it doesn't make any sense. Yes, and you know what's the Bitcoin defil or deinflationary uh, context of it? You know, there's what twenty one million coins out there, but basically nineteen and a half million every four years it has, right? So right. Cut in half every four years, so it just still has another close to a hundred years of having events. But every time it has, that's when Bitcoin runs. So well, the would, whole market is upon us here. It's going to be April, a very so. interesting, yeah, in April, April, May. That's basically what I'm seeing, too, yep. is there's going to be a big shakeup. Yep. Uh, and in July 1st, of course, for Australia, it's going with the full-on ID, MyGov ID, and the money ID. It's going to be interesting to see how the world reacts yeah. to that. And you know what's really funny is, I don't know if I brought this up, maybe I did, the only country right now that is not going full-bore digital the UAE, and I don't understand why, because they are the biggest business, the most business-oriented country ever, the United Arab Emirates, and and yet they they don't they're not pushing the digital currency right now. Yeah, it's interesting. I There's should tell you something. Going to happen, but right. anyway, I love your show. Clive. Thank you, you man. And your staff is uh, excellent. Oh, so thank, thank you. you. I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Let's go to Glenn in New Hampshire. Hey, Glenn, you're on Ground Zero. Hey, Clyde. I don't understand how the the people over in Switzerland think they can stand up to the BRICS nations who are going to be trading in hard assets. Right. Makes no sense. Well, even even Putin no said in his interview tonight with Tucker, he said, yeah, the BRICS nations are going to be very tough to beat. Absolutely. All, all dollar, the, the dollar is just going to be worthless. And uh, 
Yeah, I don't know what to say. It's what it's really we scary. Import? We don't, you know, we we're hardly even importing any farm goods anymore. No. Nope. So there's there's just no way that the dollar is going to stand up to to the you know BRICS nations with gold, silver, energy. They're gutting it's the impossible. system. They're gutting the system, Glenn. And we're watching yeah. it happen, and people are in denial because they're always thinking that their dollar is going to buy them something. And then one day you're going to wake up and you're going to say, what's my dollar worth? Nothing. Okay, what do I do now? Oh, those little numbers that you see right there, that's all you're worth right now are those little numbers that's on that right. account slip. That's it. Yeah, the money the money changes tables have been flipped, and nobody even knows it yet. No. But they will. Because it's invisible. Yeah, they'll yeah. know when they feel it. It's like money isn't real until you owe it. Money isn't real until you feel it's lost, and that's exactly how it's going to be in the future. You're exactly right. Thank it's you, a, Glenn. It's a sad state of affairs. It is. Thank you for calling. I appreciate you adding to the show. Appreciate that very much. Go to Mike in Arizona. You're on Ground Zero. Yeah, I was uh, – thank you for your show, uh, Clyde. I was wondering, um, with all these countries buying up gold and buying up silver, if we're going to go to a digital currency, mm-hmm. then why are they buying all this gold and silver? Is it going to be a two-tiered system? Only the billionaires and the rich countries have the gold and silver, and we're forced to be into this uh, digital currency? Well, it's or- like, okay, look, you're right. They're getting all the things that you should be getting, and that's what I, that's why I'm saying you do what they do. When I play 21 in Vegas... I do what the dealer will do. I don't I don't play for skill. I don't play for the game. I play for what the dealer is going to do. I try to anticipate what the dealer is going to do so I get 21 or a blackjack. That's how I play. That's how you should play too. If you see how the house is dealing the cards and you play because you want to be a good a good sport about it, you're going to lose. And if you see them buying up gold, you see them buying up silver, what do you do? Buy up gold and silver. If they're investing in things like butter, and meat, and farming, then maybe you should pay attention to why they're doing that because they want to undermine it and give you the slop while they take all the spoils of this war that they're forging against us. And that's why we need to be aware of what exactly is going on because, you know, the media is not going to tell you this. And the reason why I'm not going to tell you is because it just really damages the credibility of our of our political figures. Where they're, they're already damaged. So, yes, get gold, get silver, have the things that the, 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 the elite are getting, and you can do it little by little. You don't have to buy a whole ton of stuff. You just go out there and you get a little at a time. Okay, I'm already on board with that. What, what, where I'm going with this is there's a lot of folks that I know that they have gold and silver. Now, are they going to make it illegal for us as the average Joe to buy and sell with gold and silver bullion while the elites are trading billions of dollars in gold and silver and buying this and that? I mean, is it going to be a two-tiered system where only you got to be so rich in order for you to use the gold and silver? I don't know. I just, I mean, that's the thing is that the whole idea of the digital ID is going to throw everything on its ear, okay? And all I know is if you have something of value, gold, silver, even if somebody recognizes the dollar still is valuable, if you have this set aside, then you're going to be able to use it as a rate of exchange or use it for an exchange thing. 
that's the thing you need to understand is that gold and silver even if it's illegal you could probably pass it but again you're going to become a criminal even if you pass dollars so think of that yeah and that's crazy i mean here you got uh china you've got um uk these countries are buying up a lot of gold well they see the future (laughs) they see the future man that's why mike thank you for your call it was a very good call yeah, they see the future. You need to see the future, too. You need to think like they think. Because, it, like you say, if you play to win, that's what you do. You play like the dealer plays. 503-225-0860. 503-225-0860. We'll be back. against the American economy. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Which means, which means, if we're right, if we're right, people lose homes, people lose jobs, people lose retirement savings, people lose pensions. This was digital currency that was pretty much untraceable. The digital currency has plunged over 20%. We may have little influence on how the central banks decide about the future policies, but we know that if we don't change course, we will have hundreds of millions of people falling back into poverty. We have tens of millions probably dying possibly of hunger. So this is a misery and we have to address it. I used to think that my life was a tragedy. You know what I hate about banking? It reduces people to numbers. Here's a number. Every 1% unemployment goes up. 40,000 people die. Did you know that? No. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. We were just excited. Whoa, I just got really scared. But now I realize. Now I realize. Now I realize. It's a comedy. It's a comedy. It's a comedy. I'm Clyde Lewis. You are listening to Ground Zero. The number is to call tonight 503 225 503-225-0860. Yes, digital IDs happening all over the world, rolling them out this summer, this spring. The idea of the World Health Organization doing their digital ID and IDs for cash society, CBDCs, on the way too. Did you know there are already businesses here in the States that offer biometric uh, purchases? Palm payment option, they call it. Amazon's palm reading payment technology was first introduced at Whole Foods. Uh, that was in California. And what the palm payment option does, is it enables customers to pay for their groceries by scanning their palms at checkout terminals rather than using cash or card. Panera Bread has been experimenting with the palm payment option, the cashless payment system. 
So the war on cash marches on. Some businesses are doing it. It's yet another version of this contactless payment system that seems to be a remnant of the pandemic. It's been the standard of many businesses in order for workers to keep their distance from people who may be spreading COVID-19. Ironically, I rarely see a moment where the touchscreens are cleaned. <laughs> I don't know. I Somebody just says, go, hey, look, it's clean now. If you touch it, you're not going to get a germ. Uh, the company, uh, I think it's Panera Bread. Yeah, Panera Bread said this in a statement. They said, quote, our philosophy has been centered around leveraging best-in-class technology to create a better Panera experience and using that to deepen our relationship with our loyal guests. Introducing Amazon One as a frictionless, personalized and convenient service is another way we're redefining or redefining the loyalty experience. So the sandwich and soup, gods be praised. Your loyalty is recognized. Let's see that hand. Let's see that forehead. Mark of the beast. So the adoption of contactless payment systems by corporate giants like Amazon and Panera Bread and their massive loyalty program seems to signal that there is a shift towards a cashless society. There are other, I'm sure, uh, companies that are going to be pivoting towards a cashless society. And this is clear as day. And, and perhaps the, remember back when, uh, oh, when was it? At the beginning of the pandemic, they had the the coin shortage. Remember that? that I think that was kind of a, a pilot thing going on where they, you know, no coins. You had to round everything up. Everyone dared mention this cashless society uh, at the time of the coin shortage, and they were called conspiracy theorists. There was also a ketchup shortage, if you remember. Packets of ketchup were missing. It was crazy. It was like, what? You, you having a problem with the ketchup? I guess that's going to be worth something, too. So remember this. We are shaping the world, and we are influencing corporations and politicians. And we're doing it, we're influencing them, and we're telling them, hey, we want a cashless society. The Great Reset, uh, the strategy of sustainability goals, that includes the use of digital tokens or CBDCs. The core problems of central bank digital currencies have been addressed many times on my show, and we've had many people come on the show and talk about it. But we may, you know, it, it may bear repeating these two facts. First, in a cashless society, all privacy and trade is lost. And second, banks and governments will control access to all of your money, all of it. And if such a system is allowed, it will act as a major stepping stone to technocratic authoritarianism. It's inevitable. Most people think of money they deposit in the bank as a personal asset they own. This is my money. It's my. A- it's not your money. Once you put it in the bank, it's their money. They use it. And they say, oh, we'll give you a little interest because we're using the money that you're not using. You're putting in a bank. So once you deposit money at the bank, it's no longer your property. Instead, it's the bank's. And once it's in the bank, they can do whatever they want with it. Once you deposit your money at the bank, they can do whatever they want with it. What you really own is the bank's promise that when you come to call for that money, they're going to pay you back. It's an unsecured liability, which makes you technically and legally a creditor to the bank. They owe you. You give them money. You're saying, I'm giving you this money. You're going to play with it. You can do whatever you want with it. But when I come back to ask for it, it better be there. And that's why, you know, you get interest. If it's in a savings account, checking account, I don't know. You got a bank's promise to give you back the money. But if we have a banking system that is intertwined with government everywhere and it's 
expanded through digital currency, you might as well forget it because they can do whatever they want with your little digits. That's exactly what they're doing in Nigeria. It's exactly what they're doing in Australia. Cash withdrawal limits and debit card transaction restrictions have been imposed there, among other measures. And in addition, capital controls made it challenging to send money out of the country. And Australia sees this as good business. This is how they treat creditors as slaves. This is how they treat you as a slave. You're a creditor to the bank, so you become a slave. That's good business. That's how the government's going to run things. The Australian government and the central bank have been involved in a beta test for the past year with the proliferation of CBDCs in mind. And their partnership projects with the Bank of International Settlements and pilot programs with companies like MasterCard, they're going to wrap up. It's going to be done. And it looks, it looks like Aussie bureaucrats are planning to implement their cashless system very quickly after they do the trial run. They get people used to it, then bam, boom, no more money, no more cash. Australians are already shifting to a cashless society. According to those who defend the CBDCs, they say the population went from 32% using cash to only 16% using cash in the span of three years. And of course, they what they don't mention is that Australia's aggressive and draconian COVID lockdowns and mandates since 2020 pushed the public into relying more on digital and online purchases. Same goes for the United States. The pandemic pushed the public in ordering their groceries online and using express payments for pharmaceuticals. Deliveries increased during the pandemic. No one left their homes. They always ordered, many people ordered their groceries over the internet. Instacarts, Uber Eats, those types of companies. And and so the exchanges weren't for cash. The exchanges were just taking it out of your your Venmo or your your Venmo or your, your PayPal or your, your, your bank account. That's how it worked. Or you, you moved your crypto wallet and you got some money out of your crypto wallet, threw it in your bank account and used that. Didn't have to go to the bank. This is how it begins, guys. The crypto currency and then, of course, the CBDC, the cashless society, the hand, the forehead, 666. You're done. 503-225-0860. It's 503-225-0860. Back with more Ground Zero. Don't you dare go away. It's easy just to gather a bunch of homeless people together and what chip them. Probably. <laughs> so I mean, I, I, you know, that only works for a little while. I mean, 
Yeah, cashless. It, it's like when I walk, that's why I don't walk downtown. Down, I don't go downtown anymore because I always get accosted by these people wanting money. And I look at them and say, I don't carry any money. I'm, I'm digital. And then lately I've noticed though that people walk around uh, with uh, what do they call that thing where they they attach it to the cell phone and then they, they, they'll just take your card and they'll swipe it. It's, they have they have one of those one of the little attachments they put on their cell phone so you can swipe it now because people walk around with their cards and so if they say I'm sorry I don't carry any money that's okay I've got this on my cell phone and you can like swipe a card if you want so <laughs> I haven't heard of that yeah they do that now it's kind of crazy uh, that's that's why I just avoid downtown because anymore man if you don't give them any money they'll either stab you or pee on your shoes I don't know what they'll do to you but they'll do something crazy. So, well, I just wanted to point that out. I appreciate that. Thanks for calling. I'll I'll keep that in mind. Let's go down to Austin in Connecticut. Hey, Austin, you're on Ground Zero. Hi, Clyde. Um, I've been hearing you guys talk about like digital currencies and alternatives for this upcoming cashless society. You've been talking about. And my big question is, what's stopping? Like, what's going to enable a regular person like you or I to be able to get these alternative? currencies alternative assets we'll say uh-huh. in a world where like the rich are already seizing as many physical and financial assets that they can well you, you can get bitcoin now i mean you don't have to buy it you don't have to buy like a full bitcoin <laughs> you know i like i said i've got i haven't got a full bitcoin in my wallet but i've got bitcoin <laughs> pieces in my wallet i mean it's like it it's nothing physical or tangible but it's there i mean it's like what two hundred dollars three hundred dollars in bitcoin which means i don't even have a full bitcoin well, sure, but I, I feel like it, we're in an age where the disparity between uh, a wealthy American like Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk yeah. and a person like you or I is getting wider and wider. And as an American who essentially lives paycheck to paycheck, right. I want I don't see the opportunity to, to pick up even a fraction of a Bitcoin like you describe. I yes, just, you can. I just don't know how it's going to work. Ten bucks. Ten bucks gets you a fraction of Bitcoin. And then watch it grow. Yeah. Seriously, that's how it works. You don't have to buy. When you go out and get Bitcoin in your digital wallet, you're not going to go out and buy yourself a 30, I don't know how much Bitcoin is now. You're not going to go out and get yourself a a $30,000 Bitcoin. It's not going to happen. I mean, I'm not going to do that. You're not going to do that. But if you buy $10 in Bitcoin, or if you buy $15 in Bitcoin, or $20 in Bitcoin once a month, and you put it away, you watch that grow. It gets bigger. You wake up tomorrow, it's gone up 20, 30%. You gain money. It's a it's a win win. Do you think that with with like news media, business media? Because I work in a financial institution, I see a lot of these business channels where they're like, "Oh, Bitcoin is thirty six thousand dollars." You think they phrase it that way to intimidate a person out of buying it? No, I mean, if you know something about cryptocurrency, you know that you can buy as little or as much as you want. That's that's the whole point. And a lot of people don't understand it because they think, "Well, what's it backed by? Nothing." Well, what's my dollar backed by? Nothing. So it's just, I don't know. It's like we put a value on something and we say it's valuable and and it makes you money. So like I say, you know, you don't have to feel intimidated about Bitcoin. You can, you can go in and I mean, like I haven't looked at my wallet for, I don't know how long. I bet you if I looked at it now, it's probably either up to 300 or $400 because Bitcoin increases in value. I mean, if it goes up a hundred percent, man, I'll be raking a lot more bucks, but it's just because I, I, I used to have like, what was it? I had three grand in Bitcoin. When the when the uh, Bitcoin shot up, I got three grand in Bitcoin. I went out and I bought beds for my house. And then what all was left was the $200 in Bitcoin that I have sitting there. I haven't touched it since then. So you can go out and get yourself a, 
$10, $20 in Bitcoin and put it in your wallet and keep it there and hold on to it for dear life and watch it grow. It's like a, it's like a, a bond, you know, something like that. Makes sense to me. Right. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, that was just my big question. Thank you, Craig. Right. You bet. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like buying gold or silver. You know, nobody's asking you to go out and, you know, throw down like a couple thousand on silver or a couple thousand on gold. Nobody's going to be able to do that. But you buy a little bit and you watch it grow. You, you see, oh, wow, man, it, it took a hit or it it, it, it rose up, but it's always going to retain value. It's always going to have some value somewhere. Bitcoin's the same way. It's always going to retain value until it doesn't anymore. It, I mean, cryptocurrencies are iffy currencies, but they are making money now for people and it works for people if they just know how to do it. It can become confusing because you don't know where the money's coming from, but still, it's an interesting process. Let's go to Rick in Ottawa. Hey, Rick, you're on ground zero. Oh, I Clyde, your comment on playing against the house or maybe with the house, uh, what the Wayne Gretzky and the Red Baron had in common uh, was they would had this uncanny or well-developed sense of what their opponent was going to do next. Right. Wayne Gretzky would figure out not where the puck is now, but where it's going to be, you know, a couple of seconds from now. The Red Baron, I just did some reading on him. He had the same, same philosophy as right. far as uh, taking down, you know, the enemy. Yeah. And I think we much as possible need to do that and uh, regarding covid and everything they did in covid being a beta test they, they prepared us for all this in, in a way that we we know they're they're you know out to get us i w- remember fuming when i went into a, a pizza joint here in ottawa and i couldn't i had cash in my pocket i had no money in either one of my accounts they wouldn't let me buy a pizza i bet you i almost did it i was almost gonna wave a 50 dollar bill in the air and say hey i'll give this to anybody who will make me a pizza on top of what i pay for the pizza but right. of course they wouldn't do it they would not let me buy a pizza with cash that's and that insane. was you know down in the early days of COVID. So, well that's insane i mean and that's the thing is that of course you were hearing about how you know using cash would spread disease and oh, yes, know, yes, all that stuff. All and, then, and then we hear what happened to the Canadian truckers. And you're thinking, so they have the right to go into people's accounts and freeze them thinking they're terrorists. That's that's terrorism. Well, now, they're, now, now the who is going to try that with farmers. They've already cooperated according to the story I read, I think, on Gateway Pundit. Uh, they're already going to try to shut down farmers using some of the big banks in the States and elsewhere in the world. Yeah. Uh, who are, you know, uh, not using enough or yeah. using too much nitrogen or whatever, you know. Yep. So that's, and none that's of this, gets, none of this gets taken on by, by the media because the media doesn't want you to know about these underhanded things they're doing. They just want you to get all excited about, you know, Trump and Nikki Haley and whether or not Biden's yes. insane. And, and that's the whole point is that, you know, if you're, if you're getting into the cheerleading type of way with politics and making it simple and, and every commercial afterwards is about Pfizer or getting a new telephone. We're, we're all fine. We're pacified. But then when they wake up one day and find out that their meats are going to go up uh, exponentially because they're basically treating farmers like second-class citizens, you know, people say, what's going on? What happened? Well, you're not listening to the right news. You're not listening to the right shows. And you're tell- talking to people and saying they're conspiracy theorists without doing the research on your own. That's the problem right now. Yes, it is. Good night. Have a good night, Clark. Oh, thank You're you. You're right on again. I thank appreciate you. it. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's the value of what we do here on this program. And if you find it valuable, I, I'd suggest that you subscribe to Aftermath.media. Because, you know, there are going to be times. I mean, look at what they're doing to Tucker Carlson right now after he interviewed Vladimir Putin. I don't know if I'll talk about that tomorrow, but I just find it interesting. They put him on a hit list now. They're saying that he should get the Espionage Act thrown at him. I mean... 
they're doing this to journalists. They're doing this to people that want to report things that people really give a damn about. Not the same old pap you get from the MSNBC or the CBS, ABC or CNN or Fox. It's important that we keep independent media alive. Otherwise, you're not going to be hearing anything. You're just going to be hearing the same old, same old politics and political claptrap that you hear all the time. We are something different. We value it. We hope you value it too. Aftermath.media. Sign up today. I'm going to be doing a chat with all of the hosts this Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. We invite you to subscribe. I'll be there along with several other talk show hosts as well. We'll see you then. 503-225-0860. I'm Clyde Lewis. We'll be back. Paranormal Talk Radio, you'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. For the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. Where happiness is an illusion. This is the future we are in right now. Where our phones are the first things that we touch when we wake up. The last thing we touch before falling asleep. Radiant, seductive screens we so lovingly endlessly gaze upon much like you're doing right now welcome to a future where our true reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark welcome to the darkness I hope you find it enlightening The loudspeaker spoke up and said, The loudspeaker spoke up and said, The loudspeaker spoke up and said, Give up. Call into the program tonight, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. I think one of the biggest ingredients 
in the uh, parapolitical world is the biggest ingredients for control or that adds to control would be social engineering. Biometric ID would help in these social engineering programs we hear about with the World Economic Forum. The use of CBDCs by the establishment to control the flow of money is tied directly to social engineering programs because as the members of the World Economic Forum have openly admitted governments could program CBDC uh, CBDC usage to prevent purchases of items they deem to have a negative social impact. That could be anything from what? Ammunition? Can't buy ammo. Meat? Ah, we don't want you to eat meat unless it's our happy meat that's made with bugs. So in other words, they don't have to officially ban anything. No. They don't have to ban certain products. All they have to do is make it impossible to buy them. But the micromanagement goes well beyond this. There, there are plans to make CBDCs that timeout compelling the public to spend them before they expire. So you'll have money that can expire. There's also the issue of social credit. And that's, uh, of course, what China does. It's creeping into our institutions as well. I mean, what if one day the powers that be decide that certain speeches, certain beliefs cause harm? Harm to... I don't know, the greater collective. Let's say they want to suppress that. So how do they do it? Monetary penalties. Facing sanctions. Hear that again, uh, talking about Tucker in his interview with uh, Putin. He'll face sanctions. Well, why? He's a journalist. Well, limitations on how you can use your bank account. Every time you make a comment they don't like in social media, every time you do a a presentation or you do journalism or it can result in your account being frozen for a period of time until you publicly apologize for your statements, go on a show trial. And it makes sense that Australia is going to be one of the first countries, one of the first nations to uh, adopt the cashless structure. The government was very successful in enforcing extreme COVID lockdowns and the public didn't resist. Citizens in cities were under house arrest who are not even allowed to go to the parks or beaches in many cases. Nothing like killing your economy for a freaking stupid pandemic. You know, I, I, I worry about, I actually worry about what's going on because, you know, when you see Australia, sometimes they mimic our policies, we mimic their policies. It's like, uh, you know, the hundreds monkey theory. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll wash our sweet potatoes one way and they'll wash them another way. And as CBDCs come to our, your neighborhood, you will now know what to expect, right? I mean, governments will probably mandate CBDCs as a solution when the next real or contrived crisis hits, which is likely not far off. There's an excellent chance more inflation and financial chaos is coming soon. I was just overhearing a conversation on another talk show. Janet Yellen was talking about Hey, yeah, the prices are high, but we're gonna we're gonna up wages. Really? When? You know, why don't you just bring down prices or we're gonna have a recession? See, that's the problem with you this is the problem of being a part or at least being subjected to this absurd new world order. It happens so fast because the window seems to be, well, from now until twenty thirty. And this is gonna speed up uh, speed up and 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 this is why moves like you know, digital currencies, I mean, digital IDs, barometrics, all that. Uh, oh, biometrics, I'm sorry, barometrics, that's weather. Biometrics, uh, all this 
are being done because they want to take away your ability to hold currency. This is why it's important that you need to hold on to something. And I mean it. Gold, silver, anything else you can use for exchange. You need a mode of exchange. Because, let's face it, American society is unraveling and undergoing profound changes. And what these profound changes are going to do is they're going to eventually up and markets. It's going to change the way we're governed. And we're going to come to realize that society is transforming markets and governance, not the other way around. I mean, we have the power to say no to these propositions. We have the power to get gold, get silver, get other things. But there's really no one at the moment that's organizing a protest against the technological stealing of your assets. And that is why it's the responsibility of every citizen to be aware of what is going on and not indulge in the media patty cake that's going on between, well, it's political porn. That's exactly what, I mean, the dominance of finance and corporate self-interest, hyper-globalization has undermined civic virtue. It's undermined social cohesion, and the social contract. Rather than the market serving society, society now serves the market and finance. They, they serve it in a painfully obvious two-tiered neo-feudal structure in which few garner the vast majority of the wealth and political power. The possession of high-tech power over finance and financial increase is a major withdrawal and can be seen as a constitutional intrusion. President Biden already signed Executive Order 14067. And this order is officially titled Ensuring Responsible Development of Digital Assets. It was signed March 9th, 2022. And is the 83rd executive order signed by the president. The ultimate aim is to order and develop digital assets in a responsible way. This lays the groundwork for CBDCs. You know what else this lays the groundwork for? Something that my guest tonight calls the great takeaway. The future we know is a hard nut to crack, but perhaps it's best to stay on the safe side and avoid as much as possible the temptation of biometric pressure, the temptation of CBDCs, because they're coming. Not all countries are going to go along with this. And thankfully, there are still countries with no war on cash and the cash of society. But our government, meanwhile, is looking to take even greater control again take away they want greater control over your digital assets and more and more americans are looking for alternatives to that greater greater freedom gold silver and other things stocks you name it so tonight we welcome to the program joe zane morgan he'll be on after the break he's with the united gold group we're going to introduce him to the audience tonight and i think you're really going to enjoy what he has to say 
Joe Zane Morgan is the new kid on the block, precious metal specialist with United Gold Group. He's an industry analyst with experience in helping retirees move their IRA or 401k or cash accounts into tax-deferred precious metals. Their phone number is, take this down while I read it to you, 800-753-8534. And their website is unitedgoldgroup.com. It's unitedgoldgroup.com. Joe, welcome to Ground Zero. Hey, Clyde. Love the show. I'm a big fan, and I'm, I'm really honored to be here. I'm glad you're here because I want you to introduce us to, I've been talking about how, you know, CBDCs are going to basically remove all of our power, but you have already created this philosophy called the great takeaway. Tell us about what that is. Yeah, well, really, you know, a book just came out and it's one of the most important books I've ever read. It's by a guy by the name of David Rogers Webb, and it's called the great taking. And it talks specifically about taking your stocks and your bonds as collateral for the financial collapse. Now, just to give you a little background on David Rogers Webb, he's a a hedge fund manager and really one of the geniuses from Wall Street. This guy managed a lot of money for some very important people, and and he's a Wall Street insider. Mm -hmm. And he's got a great story, and you can read all about that in this book, The Great Taking. But... I'm going to go over with you, you know, the bottom line, and it's that we're all being and all being anybody who owns securities, which are stocks or bonds or mutual funds, annuities, or even just have money in the bank. We are all being set up for what David Rogers Webb calls the great taking. And I I would say that uh, that makes a lot of sense. The reason why is because, What's going to happen when they eliminate fiat? What's going to happen when the dollar loses value and they say, okay, we're taking all that away or we're, we're moving the decimals and the zeros back to zero again? What are you going to have? Well, you have these little digits in a bank, but we can take them away if, if, if we feel you don't deserve them. And that's the problem yeah. here is that they, they decide if you have digital currency, they decide if you deserve it or not. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you have to remember that that this did not happen overnight. This has been a 50-year process that started in 1970s, okay? And, you know, you can't make this stuff up, Clyde. In 1973, this started because a CIA agent named William T. Denser Jr., who worked for the CIA, he was put in charge of opening the Depository Trust Company, or the DTC. Mm-hmm. And the DTC was designed to hold your securities. Okay, but this was the beginning of the great dematerialization of your money. They're making it disappear. So what this means now is back in the 70s, if you owned stock, it was a security, right? You got mm-hmm. a stock certificate with a QCIP number, and that was an asset that you owned directly, just like a trust deed on your house or the pink slip on your car. This has all changed, mm-hmm. okay? Like that anymore. It was changed by the creation of a new legal construct which has never existed before. You know, this changed 400 years of security law, okay? The new legal construct that they created out of thin air is called UCC Title Eight. UCC Title Eight. Yeah. Now, UCC specifically refers to the Uniform Commercial Code and its laws that talk about ownership of property. Now, I want to read to you 
what UCC Title VIII talks about, and, and then I'll explain what it means. Okay. But this is here, right? right? This affects you directly now. Okay. Anybody that has money in the bank, retirement accounts, securities, and you can read this for yourselves, okay? The rights and property interest of an entitlement holder with respect to a financial asset held through a securities intermediary. This is what UCC Title VIII talks about. It created what's called security entitlement. That is a security entitlement, not a security, but an entitlement. Are you following me, Clark? Yeah, it's like what I was saying earlier about how when you put money in the bank, you think it's your money. It's not. It's the bank's money. And they can do with it whatever they want. They have to make sure, though, when you go back, that they'll have it available if you want it. But there's there's no guarantee there. So it's kind of like what you're saying here. It's like it's just you're entitled to it, but eh, we can take it away if we want. Yeah, I so exactly because you don't own it, right? It's owed to you. Yes. Okay. A you're you're a creditor. Entitled. You're a creditor to them. That's the point. It entitles the holder to rights against the securities mm-hmm. intermediate. An interest in property held by the securities intermediary, i.e. the bank, you owe entitlement. Right. So in other words, you know, they own it. Yes, it's owed to you, but they own it. So when a person owns securities, and, and you know, this is sort of the payoff, the person no longer owns a direct interest in the security and only an indirect interest in the security by having a security and entitlement in that account. So if we put that in plain English, you know, you go and you take money that you earned and pay taxes on and you buy Apple stock. Right. Right. You think that you would own Apple stock, right? Yeah. I own it now. I bought it. It should be mine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You'd be wrong. Okay. You no longer own Apple stock. You bought it with your money (laughs) that you worked hard for, but you don't own it. You own an entitlement. And and this is the kicker. You know, if anything goes wrong in this house of cards we're in, your entitlement entitles you to fourth position in your own money in a liquidation. So that means that bondholders, senior bondholders, the $2 trillion derivative complex that's cropped up using your assets, they all have collateral on mm. your Apple stock before you do. So, so wrong, anything, right? You know, with these other parties, what people call counterparties, they take your collateral and they can legally do it right now through UCC Title Eight. So they can take it at any time. They can they can go in and uh, if they see something wrong, some error, some find or whatever, these counterparties can just rip it off. They can just take it from you, and you have no power. And exactly. They rewrote legal constructs. They cleared legal hurdles to get this done. And this is done, right? This isn't coming. This is here. Right. Right now, you know, assets like securities, meaning stocks or bonds in your retirement accounts, 401ks, IRAs, 403bs, TSPs, 457s, any type of retirement account or any account you have at the bank are subject to to UCC Title Eight, You don't own them. Yes, they're owed to you, but you don't own them. And they can be taken as collateral. They only exist on computer service, right? Yeah. They're in a commingled environment, and they don't exist in tangible form. 
So what as I mean, look, if they don't if they don't uh if, if they own your money and you're a creditor to them and if they can take away uh it, the these bonds or whatever you have this stock, what is an asset that's intangible form? Yeah, okay. So your house. Yeah. You know, if counterparties collapse, you still live and own your house because your house is tangible. Right. Your car is tangible. Gold, precious metals are tangible. Cars, guitars, guns, those are tangible assets. Now, these assets are owned by you directly, okay? They're not commingled or hypothecated or pledges collateral. You own them. Okay. So, okay, so... I think I'm figuring this out. You're giving us a good, uh, a good class in, in in basic economics here, and I got to take a break. Joe Zane Morgan here, amazing. In just the last few minutes, I've learned a lot about bonds, stocks, and your money, and how you don't own it; that you're just entitled to it. Amazing. Five zero three two two five zero eight sixty. It's five zero three two two five zero eight sixty. We'll be back. That's a doggone good piece of music, but it don't fit my pocket. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow And tomorrow's just a dream You're not going to raise these children on welfare. Pizza Palace? Is this Mr. Kelly? Uh, yes. Thank you for calling again, sir. I share your national identification number as 610-204-9998-45-54610. Is that correct? Uh, yes. How do you know all this stuff? We just got wired into the system, sir. Oh, well, I'd like to order a couple of your double meat special pizzas. Sure thing. There'll be a new $20 charge for those, sir. What do you mean? Sir, the system shows me that your medical records indicate that you have high blood pressure and extremely high cholesterol. The total is $67 even. $67? Well, that includes the delivery surcharge of $15 to cover the added risk to our driver of traveling through an orange zone. I live in an orange zone? Now you do. Looks like there was another robbery on Montrose yesterday. But I want double meat. Well, I'm sure you can afford the $67 then. You just bought those tickets to Hawaii. They weren't cheap, eh? Get the sprout subs. Good choice, sir. Gotta watch that waist if you're hitting the beach, eh? 42 inches. Wow. That's how much? Just between you and me, there's a $3 off coupon in this month's Total Men's Fitness magazine. Your wife Betty subscribes to that, right? Anyhow, clip that and it's $19.99 even. Whoa, looks like you maxed out on all your credit cards. Bring cash, okay? I'm Clyde Lewis. You are listening to Ground Zero. 
Tonight we have with us Joe St. Morgan. Joe St. Morgan is with the United Gold Group. We're going to have him here. If you want to call in and get some information, the phone number is 800-753-8534. If you want to ask questions immediately, call in tonight to the program, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. Okay, so we were talking about what you own, like guitars and, and cars and all these things, and these are private property and all that. Uh, but we live in a time where, you know, everything is going crazy and nobody really can figure out what the government's going to do next with money or with anything that you own. So what do we do? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Well, you know, whether things are being done legally with the government or illegally, the biggest constitutional protection that we have is private property that you own directly. And that, that's exactly what we here at United Gold Group try to give people property that they own directly, like gold and other precious metals. Sure. And that's because gold has been the best store of value for over 10,000 years. And one of the best to- testimonies of what you can do right now is what the central banks are doing. Central banks are buying up more gold than ever before. So, I mean, if you really zoom out and you look at what they're doing, not just what they're saying, they're printing money. We have huge inflation, devaluation of our currency, CBDC being done. You said it yourself. He already signed Biden's executive order. It's been signed the digital dollar. Okay. But what are they actually doing all over the world? Not just in the U S but all over the world, central banks are buying more gold than ever before they're selling you the fake stuff right and they're buying the real stuff they're we had yeah stuff. we actually had a listener who called in uh, i think it was last hour the hour before saying what are we doing they're buying up gold they're buying up silver and i says well listen you know if you're gonna play 21 or blackjack in las vegas you're gonna play like the dealer plays so you watch the dealers moves and you try to outsmart the dealer it's a it's a skill that you got to learn how to do same thing with mm-hmm. this if you're seeing these people if you're if you're seeing uh, the central banks buying up gold, they're buying up silver. What should you do? You should probably do the same thing because they know something you don't. Am I right? Yeah, that, that, that's that's exactly right. I mean, this this is a pattern that's been repeated over and over again before currencies collapse. Right, wealthy people they park their money and gold and property. The currency collapses, and then it's a great asset grab. The rich mm-hmm. get richer, and the poor get poorer. Now, you know. Whether or not this happens, they've moved all the securities, all the assets out of your name. Okay, that's already been done. The depository trust company holds your securities. They're using it as collateral. So you have to ask yourself, you know, why would they move all our assets out of our names if they weren't preparing to take it, right? Right. Yeah, you know, this is not fair or, or natural. But it's all being done through a legal construct. You know, somebody, some lawyers, probably a team of a thousand, they went to work creating UCC Title Eight, and they got it on the books. It's mm-hmm. already done. This has happened. You know, you're behind the eight ball if you haven't taken steps already, because it's a legal construct. It's legal, right? There's a big difference between it being about humanity or fairness. This is legal. You know, this has been created already. Uh, they don't even need to go to court. They can just take the collateral. Uh, that's what happens in a collapse. That's uh, that's just uh, that's even more darker than I thought. I mean, it's 
it, it's like, we're, what do we have? What are we going to hold on? In fact, uh, Debbie in South Carolina quickly wants to talk to you. Go ahead, Debbie. Hello? Go ahead. You're on the air quickly. Hey, um, yes. I'm retired, and so my money's in like an IRA. Um, and if they can, it, I went to my financial guy last year, and he wouldn't convert my money over to gold. He kept trying to push bonds, but I wouldn't do it. So I just have mine like cash. But if I I live in an apartment, so I don't have any way to protect physical gold. Can I still convert my uh, account to gold? And and if I did that, could they still take that gold? Great question, Debbie. So absolutely, you can convert your IRA into physical gold. We can handle all, we do all the logistics, we handle all the paperwork, uh, and we can actually get that physical gold stored at a private vault outside the banking system so that they can't take it with the click of a mouse, right? Because it's physical. Uh, So we could absolutely move your IRA out of the computer server it's on into physical gold tax and penalty free. We could get it set up in a private vault for you outside the banking system and we handle all the logistics we do all the paperwork and there's no penalties there's no taxes on it because it's a transfer we're just moving you out of the system you know we're breaking you out of that prison system and getting you into real gold so now you'd be holding a real asset instead of you know some ones and zeros on a computer screen it's amazing where where would this vault be though we have vaults all over the country uh if you're in south carolina uh, we could get you out in Florida. We could get you out in uh, Delaware. Uh, and it's a private vault outside the banking system. And you could always take the gold home, right, because it's real. It's physical. So if you'd ra- you said you, you're in an apartment and you didn't want to hold it, but if you ever wanted to, you can always take it home because it's your gold. It's real. You can hold it in your hand. So if I called your number, I can get more specific details, correct? That's absolutely right. You can give me, actually, if you want, you can call our number or you can personally call my line here, which is 213-322-0115. If anyone asks for me, I promise I'll get back to you. Uh, You just say, hey, I want to speak to Joe Zane Morgan. I'll get back to you if you ask for me. But yeah, we can go over all the logistics, how it works. It's really simple. I hate to oversimplify, but we're just getting you out of that digital you know, that digital money you're in and into real physical right. gold. And so, we walk yeah. you through the process. The so what's that way. number again, quickly? Yeah, my direct line here is 213-322-0115. Yeah, you can give me a call directly or you can call the company and ask for me. I'll speak to as many of you as I can. If you ask for me, I will get back to you. Debbie, I hope that helps you. Thanks for the call, okay? Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. We'll be back with more. With Joe Zane Morgan from United Gold Group, remember you can call their offices at 800-753-8534. You can call us tonight and ask questions too. 503-2250-860. We'll be back.
Jose Morgan with us tonight at Ground Zero. Precious metal specialist with United Gold Group. Remember, unitedgoldgroup.com, or you can call 800-753-8534. You know, uh, listening to this, this is a big education for me. I mean, I, I'm glad that we were able to go over this because, uh, well, one of the things is I don't think people realize how vulnerable the money system is right now with the governments going their separate ways, doing biometrics now, or Australia starting their biometrics IDs for banking. Uh, the CBDCs are going to be using biometrics for banking. Uh, and I'm sure people are going, what am I going to do to protect me from this? And how do I, you know, avoid the biometric castles? And some even say this is like sounding like the mark of the beast. And I, I'd say, yeah, it does sound like that in a little bit. So when you, when you hear invest in gold, it's like in all caps for some people. And they feel, well, I'm not rich enough to do this. I'm not, I'm not one of the mucky mucks who can get gold. How is it that people get involved with this so they know they have some safety to hang on to? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's not where you start. It's where you finish, right? Uh, but really, what, what people need to remember is that this did not happen overnight, right? This, this took 50 years. This is a 50-year operation, and it's a house of cards. Okay, so really, when it comes down to it, all you're doing is taking fiat, whether you just have cash in the bank or you have an IRA, a 401k, a, a TSP, any type of retirement account, you know, or you just want to buy gold with cash, we can help you do that, right? We handle all the logistics. We get it set up for you. If you're in a retirement account, we do all the paperwork. It's tax deferred and penalty free. Really, what it comes down to is you have to decide if you want to break out of that prison system, so to say, and we can help you get into real gold. That's our job here, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're just starting with cash in the bank, right? You know, the best time to plant a tree was, you know, yesterday. The next best time's today, right? So really, that, that's what it comes down to, is you have to decide if you want to actually be subject to these policies right. or if you want to do about it, because we're playing a game of musical chairs, right? Look well, what happened the, the, the rules are changing a lot. I can't even keep up with them. That's why we need people yeah. like you to tell us, because the rules are changing, and you need people like you, and we need United Gold Group and, and people like you to tell us and show us. Like I said, tonight was an education for me. I, I, I had learned that, yeah, my money in the bank is theirs. My stocks are theirs. I'm entitled. That doesn't mean I'm going to get it. So I have to yeah. have something tangible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's owed to you, but once you give it to them, you don't own it, right? right. All the, you, don't hold your, you don't hold your certificate, so, so you don't own it. Right. But, uh, you know, like you said, the rules are changing. So you, you have to be proactive because if you're not, you're just going to get further and further behind the eight ball. So you really have to protect yourself while you can. Right. OK. I mean, even even in the Great Depression in the 30s, even wealthy people lost their money. OK. You know, six thousand banks closed yeah. and the government took all the assets as collateral and allowed a few choice banks to reopen. It was another great asset grab. This is going to be another money grab. And it's teed up with UCC Title Eight. I mean, I can't stress this enough. It's already done. They don't have to go to court. With the click of a button, they can take it as collateral. It already all, it all exists on computer servers. Right. I mean, this legally occur without challenge, this wealth transfer. So really... You have to protect yourself while you can. And that's our job here. We help you regardless of what situation you're in. All you know, right. you can give 
call and we'll help you figure it out. All right, let's go to some of the calls. Let's go to Jeff in South Carolina. Hey, Jeff, you're on Ground Zero. Hey, Clyde, great show. Love it. Question, uh, you know, we're talking about everything going electronic, no cash, hardly, with gold, silver now, and this is a great lesson. My concern, and I'm sure lots of folks, would be power, power loss. I mean, what if a, a city, you know, couple experimental kind of things want to just turn it off and right. nobody then would be able to do anything no kind of electronic transaction whatsoever no i mean that's mm-hmm. why that's why that movie exists that uh, leave the world behind you see that and they can't exchange any money either because they're completely shut down and see and that's another reason too joe to have gold am i right because that's something you can hold yeah, that's exactly like we said. It's tangible, right? You have barterability, actually, because it exists in real form. It's not on a computer server where if it goes down, you still have it because it's physical. Does that make sense? Yeah, yep. perfect sense. I mean, I mean, tangible assets is where we come in, right? I mean, that, that it, you know, all this stuff, it doesn't affect you directly yet. But with what they've done, it's real. And, and they can take your money or, like you said, the power could go off. And, and they could take all your assets to pay their debts. Right. So you really need tangible assets. Yeah, imagine being a creditor going to the bank and saying, I want my money back. I'm sorry, we lost it in the great uh, blackout of 24. Right. You, know? you believe that? Right. I, I would die. That would be horrible. I mean, Jeff, think about that. You just brought it up. I mean, the great blackout of 24 and everybody's assets were gone or everybody's uh, money was taken from them because they could not pay back the debt. And if they did, they had to pay like maybe pennies on the dollar. And in the meantime, people who had gold and silver still had retainable assets. Well, I think about that all the time when, because there's many, many places you'll go now, notably, you know, concert venues, um, a baseball, football game, whatever, at large stadium, right? they're all cashless. If your card, for whatever reason, doesn't work at this point, you know, that's it. Yeah. and that, You have nothing. Yeah, that happened to me at the Dairy Queen. It was horrible. I felt really I embarrassed. I heard story. So, yeah. Jeff, I, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. So quickly to Frank in New York. You're on with Jose and Morgan. Go ahead. Yes. Did you, did you say Frank? Yes, I did. Go ahead, Frank. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, you know, I'm really interested in knowing uh, with the, the collapse of the banking system and that, and they can go in and claim all your assets, at, you know, as the banks fold one by one. But let's say if you have tangible assets that you put in into safety deposit boxes, for example, uh, can they take those as assets too? Yeah, well, you, you want to be careful, right? Because, you know, if you just look this up yourself, leave speaking, safety deposit boxes are subject to the same policies that the bank is, like UCC Title Eight. That's why when we get you physical gold and you want it in a vault, we get you a private vault that's not commingled and it's outside the banking system. Or we can always ship you the gold directly so you're holding it in your hand, right? Yeah, well, I've not wanted to do that. I've been buying silver, mostly silver, for about forty-five years. Mm-hmm. Oh, I started at I started at two dollars an ounce. Well, do you want you want to talk to Joe privately about this? Maybe he can help you out. Um. Yeah i I caught the number uh, okay. and wrote it down. So fantastic. Um, I'll probably give him a call. All right. I'm yeah. interested. I want to protect that. You bet. Uh, 
I, we also, when uh, before all of this hit, we took all of our, you know, assets that we had, paper assets and right. so forth, retirements and everything. We re- withdrew them about 10 years ago and paid off everything. Well, that's good. It goes so, to show you that that works. Yeah. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Anything else you want to say before we go, Joe? Yeah, you know, uh, if I'm like to leave people with something, quote I love from Tom Longo, you know, he says that uh, people always say that people are cheap, take from themselves, gold, uh-huh. and gold, and when the gold gets angry, they do something. Your, your phone's breaking up, man. I'm so sorry. I'm so, I'm so oh. your phone's <laughs> breaking up, man. I tell you what, we're going to have people call in at 1 800 753 8534. It's 1-800-753-8534. Joe, this has been the most educational moment on my program, and I owe you for that. I appreciate that from United Gold Group. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much, Clive. You bet. Take care. That's That was a great, great informational piece. Remember, call United Gold Group if you want to uh, get educated, because that's exactly what they do. That's why I love them. That's why I talk with them all the time. 1-800-753-8534. That's 1-800-753-8534. Remember, keep your mind where they can't get at it. You keep it at ground zero. Good night.